This week on the Rail Splitter podcast, we are having our Rail Splitter holiday extravaganza. Welcome to the Rail Splitter Podcast, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. I am your co-host, Mary, and joining me tonight is Rail Splitter Jeremy. Hello, everybody in Rail Split Nation. And Rail Splitter Nick. What up, Rail Splitters? Welcome <laughs> back to another episode. Mary, you started out with very uh, NPR-ish voice. It caught me off guard. You been working on that? <laughs> no, I have not. It sounded very NPR-ish. Nicely done. <laughs> I don't know how I get. Apparently, I have NPR Mary voice now. That's wonderful. That's a compliment. It's not a bad thing at all. Thank you. Just don't say about, then you'll ruin it. About a boot. A boot. boot. (laughs) There, I ruined it. A boot. A boot. (laughs) So anyway, it is obviously very close to Christmas. We are just over a week away from Christmas. What? Yeah, I know. We can't believe it, right? Uh, Jeez. We've had our first burp on the podcast. That is not being edited out. I'm not having that edited out. It's staying in. That's why we're, our rating, we're all a little punchy. That's why our rating <laughs> went from a 4.5 to a 4. Stuff like that. Oh, because Nicholas burped. <laughs> He's our ray of sunshine on here. <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, so yes, we are doing our usual holiday episode that we do. Um, but we do have a few new just there's a new story we're going to start off with and then just a little bit of something that happened on the Facebook page on the weekend that we want to address as well. So, Nick, I think you want to lead off with the news story. All right. Oh, I did. Yes. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I saw this today, but I guess it's been in the news for a little bit. Um, San Francisco school district. I don't know if it's their whole public school district. I don't know if it represents the whole city or not. But anyways, a school district in San Francisco, at the very least, um, has put together a committee from the way I understand the news article to reevaluate some of their school names um, and take a look at that and recommend some um, name changes. So, uh, you know, as far as that, not a terrible idea, I don't think at all. Uh, Taking a look at why, you know, their name kind of looking, they created a criteria, I believe, to measure it against. Um, and then if the name, um, did not measure up to the criteria, it's on the slate to be changed. The reason we're talking about it is because Lincoln high school is one of those that is slated to be changed. And the way I understood it, um, looking at a quote, I can't remember who it came specifically from, um, from the school, from this committee, but. Part of the criteria was measuring um, the treatment of Native Americans, and that's kind of where they believe Lincoln fell short. Uh, Specifically, you know, he was president during the greatest mass hanging in American history, 38 Native Americans, um, which we previously have talked about in an episode a couple times. And they also stated the Homestead Act and the Pacific Railway Act because that led to... um, you know, the settling of the West, which was definitely um, not beneficial for Native Americans, um, you know, 
um, you know, history we are very familiar with here on the podcast. And also they brought up kind of the, I don't know what the correct title was, if it was Indian Affairs System at that time, but that was a, a mess, um, to say the least. So that was their justification for changing it. Um, I think it brings up some interesting things, um, you know, kind of to play the, the flip side is all the young hip people say, um, which they don't at all. But I'm trying to get the high schoolers to adopt the term flip side. Um, it is not going very well, but I am stubborn and I will keep at it. But anyways, um, I forget Herodin, uh maybe Herodin. No, I don't know where I'm throwing this name. I'm not Herodin. Um, who's the Lincoln historian that starts with an H? Herndon. 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 I think he commented on it. Uh, Herndon's been dead for a while. No, the other guy with the H. Yeah, Herndon's a lawyer. Who's the yeah. Holzer? Hel- or, uh, no, Hel- yeah, Hel- Holbrook's an actor. Holzer. Holzer, Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, I believe the comment came from him where he kind of said, if you take 2020 kind of you know morals and ethics and what we use to measure what's right and wrong um he was kind of making the argument it'd be very hard for any president or politician from the 1860s to measure up to that and, and i thought that kind of brought up an interesting um you know um viewpoint alternative uh, opposing viewpoint and he also mentioned yeah he was president for 38 um of those hangings but he also did pardon over 200 um of the native americans so Interesting, nevertheless, I don't think it's a – I got no problem with, like, a district. Uh, I, I think they're – I don't know. I'll let you guys share your opinions. I've done a lot of talking, and then I'll share mine and figure out what I want to say. Well, I think the distinct difference between naming something after Abraham Lincoln and naming something after um, a Confederate, if they had named the school after Lincoln because of his treatment – of indigenous people, then I think that argument has a lot more weight. They, they named it after him for his whole life, I'm assuming, for his work toward emancipation, toward his work, uh, bring, you know, holding union together for, for everything, right? When things were named after Confederates, it was because of their support of enslavement. It was a tool of oppression. It was not subtle or hidden that as the civil rights movement gained momentum, more things were named after Confederates. So, so yes, you could point out Lincoln's flaws, and we do not ignore them on the show or as individuals. That was a horrible thing. His treatment of indigenous people was terrible. Um, and, and if you were saying, like, because of what he did for indigenous people, we're going to name this after him, that would be a figurative middle finger to a whole bunch of people. That's not what they did. Um, so I don't think that that argument necessarily holds as much weight because you could point to anybody's flaws. You know, I mean, there's stuff coming out about, you know, Gandhi and, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, cheated on his wife and whatever, whatever. Like you can point out individual small characteristics, large or small, depending on the, on the individual. Um, and, and point that out like this person does not deserve to have something named after him because they did X, Y and Z. Uh, but when you say like, well, let's, you know, what did they do? So on the pot, like, what are we naming them for? And if you can list a lot of things, then maybe they deserve it. Um, I don't think you can list a lot of things for any of the Confederates. Like, yes, they were a Confederate general, but, you know, name anything that Robert E. Lee did. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, in that case, yeah, he was the president of a school or something. 
you know, um, so I think it's the why is important as, as much as the who or the what. I, I completely agree with you, Jeremy, about that. It, it, it's a completely different thing when you're, you know, it's Abraham Lincoln and it's named after him. Like, obviously, it's going to be for, you know, emancipation and just what he did for the country during the Civil War and all that. Whereas if you're looking at it as a Confederate general, like there's no reason to name anything school or, mil- you know, military base, whatever, after Confederate general. And it's just one of those things where if it's a person like Lincoln, he, I mean, I don't know how to put this quite like like you weigh the negatives with the positives, I guess, you know, and just recognize that he had faults. He was a human and make sure that you explain those in the naming of the school, but then say these are the positives, but we are also recognizing, you know, the, the negatives about him as well. In this case that, you know, his treatment of the, of native Americans. So I think you have to look at it along those lines. It's very different from it's very different from a Confederate general, I think, in 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 my opinion. Yeah, and it's it's obviously complex. And you know, anytime you talk about inclusivity, like you know, we ask like when you include people, it doesn't mean you exclude others. So like you know, yes, the naming of schools needs to be much more inclusive. It's almost exclusively white males. Um, but as you're diversifying that, like it's not a problem to have a representative proportion of white men right um it it shouldn't dominate as it has forever um and they could probably stand to maybe you know have lesser than than their percentage for a while um but yeah i don't know it's it it seems like um maybe they just had like a really uh conniving strategy where they're like we got a couple borderliners but let's throw lincoln in there Mm -hmm. all the focus is gonna go on him and we'll slide these other ones out (laughs) with no debate yep um but, you know, Feinstein was one that was interesting to me um, that they had named something after her and we're talking about taking it back. I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's not very often that something gets named after someone who, while they're still alive. But, yeah, there's it's 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 definitely a thing because, you know, Nick and I work in a public high school. You know, we have schools in our district named after just former superintendents that, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, you know, gave a lot to the community. And I'm sure they definitely, you know, that that at at least regionally, was enough to be recognized. Um, but now, you know, we've got, you know, things named after people throughout our school that, um, you know, it, it, there is, it, it just, um, there's no real convention to it. Like how, how do you get something named after a person? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a thought that I've had recently because, um, you know, we've got a retiree coming up from our school and I don't know what the guy needs to do to get the tennis courts named after him, but, <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm looking into i can't you know i don't want to get too specific but nick knows what i'm talking about <laughs> it's not a historic figure and this applies to precisely zero listeners but anyway i digress <laughs> yeah i i think to me what i kept thinking about when i was thinking about this news story kind of came back not so much should it change should it not change but more of how we go about making these decisions of putting people's names on things of putting up monuments and, uh, you know, going back to the indigenous population of America and specifically the Sioux, you know, that they, they kind of have a I was watching a documentary and they were talking about kind of the thought process that they try to have mm-hmm. uh, passed down to their, you know, to their kids is seven generations. Everything you do, think about it seven generations down the line. Um, and we definitely do not we do not do that when we decide on naming stuff. Um, and putting up monuments 
And these are important things. I think sometimes we we want to celebrate somebody, whether it's them donating money or them, you know, living a life. But sometimes we need to pause and truly reflect on that and have a criteria to measure that up against and think about what that name will mean um, down the road. Um, and I think if we did that more, um, you know, in because I think a lot of times it's just an afterthought, you know, hey, you know what? This guy's politically supports me. Mm-hmm. Bam. Rubber stamp it. I'm the mayor of this town. Let's put it up. Right. Um, which we do not think about the historical context of something down the road or. Um, yeah, we just don't think of the potential. Ramifications of that and consider that more. And I think if we did that, we'd have less problematic names um, and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We would. And I've actually like when I was in university, I was actually involved in a naming committee for the new residence that was being built. And we were, you know, picking famous Canadians. And then we were all given one to go research. And mine was Frederick Banting, who he was the discoverer of insulin, which has saved how many millions of lives worldwide. And of course, I'm just, I just focused on that. I didn't really focus on anything else in his life. And, you know, looking back now, when I think about it on occasion, I'm like, geez, like, you know, what if that name had been, you know, I I don't think there's anything controversial about Banting, but still, you know, when you are in that realm of researching somebody, you're looking for everything good about them. And you're not thinking, you know, I was not in the realm of, okay, what could possibly be bad about this name down the road? It was completely, okay, what did Banting do? And how do I argue his case for why this residence hall should be named after him? You know? And also, like, where is it going and stuff like that? Like, you think of Mount Rushmore. Exactly. And I could yeah. definitely understand why that, um, for a lot of indigenous people, why that's very problematic. It's mm-hmm. literally on, you know, um, reservation land or at one point, you know, um, set aside based on treaties. And you do have Abraham Lincoln who did have, a, you know, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, issues and how he addressed things. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt, uh, I mean, not very friendly um, at all to indigenous people, said a lot of problematic things. So you, you think about some of that. I, I think, you know, taking – you got there's no clear-cut answer. It's like true history, right? You, you got to look at the context. You got to look exactly. at what's happening. You got to look at the why, where, when, and all that, and take that into consideration. Yeah, and you don't know how it's going to oh. go in the future, right? Like you don't know how yeah. these figures are going to be viewed in the future. You know, when when they're naming stuff after Confederate generals, it's during Jim Crow. It's during you know when when that was okay, and then now we're doing a reevaluation of it, and it's a different viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, the the they did have criteria. Their criteria were. Um, they were going to remove the name if it was anyone directly involved in the colonization of people, uh, slave owners or participants in enslavement, perpetuators of genocide or slavery, uh, those who exploit workers or people, uh, directly oppressed or abused women, children, queer or transgender people, uh, connected to any human rights or environmental abuses, and those who were are known racist and or white supremacists and or espoused racist beliefs. Um so that almost every single human could fall into that yep. to a certain degree, right? I mean, um, if you read Dr. Kendi, who was a, a guest on our show way, way early on, you know, every idea is either anti-racist or racist. It's a spectrum, right? So, like, 
there is not a person who doesn't at some point in their life have had a racist idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that leaves that open to interpretation where you could, you could make anybody fit that criteria. Um, and, and they, there's a lot of names on the list. Uh, you know, as far as civil war from a civil war context, you have Garfield, uh, McKinley, um, Sherman and Sheridan. Yeah. Oh, of course there. Sherman's on there. Yeah. And, they, and this only have the last name. So I can only assume that that's who they are. Um, uh, you know, and another thing too is, you know, the naming is important. Don't get me wrong, but like, like we have, there's two schools in, in the school district that I live in, not that I work in. And there's a Lincoln middle school and there's a Jefferson high school. If you go to Lincoln middle school, they've got, it's a beautiful building with like big um, columns, Mm -hmm. just a really, really neat place, but they've got, it it looks like a museum. It looks very much like a, like, like uh, the field museum in Chicago where they get the, the big pillars. And then there's a banner between the pillars and it's, and it's a photo of Lincoln. Uh, Their, their nickname is the loggers. Like they, they have a lot of pride in that and there's Lincoln stuff up in the building and they use that in their school pride. And then if you go to Jefferson, I don't know if there's an image of Thomas Jefferson. I've never seen one in that building. I haven't been through the whole thing. Um, it's, it, you know, it's not, there's not really a Thomas Jefferson honoring really in any of the school's identity. You know, they're the Jayhawks. Um, they're, you know, there's just not any sort of real connection that's observable to me as a community member. And I think there's something to that as well. So like, yes, it should be named after, people who have contributed a lot in role models. And there's a lot to look up to that person, but like, I don't know if the kids actually really internalize that a ton. They do for sure. And, and I'm not saying that we should brush over that oppression, but there's things you can do to make it, you know, a lot more overt or in your face or more damaging than just that subtle microaggression uh, style of doing Mm. it. Oh, I completely agree with that. Yeah. It's, I don't know. The naming thing is just so controversial. Like, I shouldn't say it's controversial, but it's, I think it's something that does create tension. Like when it comes up to what do we name this school and why? And I don't think there's anything wrong with revisiting stuff like that. Like take, take Bill Cosby, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Cosby show day. I love that show. I know. And then, you know, and then he had to go on Bill Cosby. And then what's Bill Cosby in now? Well, you know, prison, you know, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, it happens. Like, there's, there's, you yeah. know, if you name something today, in 50 years, odds are it's going to be reevaluated, and it could be deemed to be this is not something that we want to have it named this way. Like, that's just because, you know, we evolve, we think differently about stuff, we perceive things differently. So, also, why you never get a tattoo of a living person because you never know what they might end up doing. Exactly. And if you get a tattoo of a dead person, make sure you do the research. Um, I've done so that for my it. first tattoo. So, yeah, you know, I'm stuck with Fillmore. Damn it. That's really oh, why you have I have a Fillmore anger. tattoo? Yeah, I thought it was a cool name, but then I did my research and realized, oh, my God, he's terrible. <laughs> That's why I'm so bitter. So it's interesting. On their spreadsheet, they have like a huge, like a whole paragraph on their rationale for uh, Abraham Lincoln. And then for uh, George Washington, it just says, Slave owner, comma, colonizer. Like, <laughs> interesting. Enough said. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how these people are viewed in like 300 years. Interesting. Here's another one for you. Edward Everett, who spoke also at Gettysburg. Gettysburg yeah. There is a, they want to rename that one. Too long-winded. 
Yeah, get him out of there. Uh, FDR made the list, I believe. Did Oliver Otis Howard make the list? Um, I don't. They, they probably didn't bother to name anything after him, Mary. Whatever. Howard University. Uh, Herbert Hoover's where, on where the Kamala list. Where Kamala Harris went, right? I don't know who Lawton is. Winfield Scott. Really? He's on the list, yep. Oh, I'm not surprised. Thomas Edison made the list. William Jennings Bryan made the list. Clarendon. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same Clarendon. I don't think it is. Um, Man, I hate to be part of the naming committee because uh, they got no. 40 new names to come up with. I, 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 I don't think Howard's going to be on the list because he's got a university named after him, which he founded. And he's also got Lincoln John, Memorial University in Tennessee. John Muir. John Muir made the list. That's interesting. Uh, Sheridan. It is Phil Sheridan. Sherman. Most famous for his scorched earth tactics in the Civil War. Jeez. He brought that same colonization military philosophy to the West where he shaped a policy and strategy that would finally subjugate all native nations on the plains. So it's for his stance on indigenous people. Robert Louis Stevenson. Daniel Webster. Okay. Yeah. So let's see if I can find somebody who was spared here. Rosa Parks. That's, of course. Yeah. Going to stick around. Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. uh, Harvey Milk. Very deserving. Yeah. Uh, Longfellow. Um, he was considered, but I don't know if he, I don't know if they actually took him off. Looks like Lafayette they took off. Man, this is a pretty pretty fascinating stuff. I could look at this list all day. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's anyway, move on. Anyway, anyway I think we need to move on to our next thing. <laughs> I hate to Dare say Jeremy. Feel free to go. Air A, feel free to go back and edit that. Yeah. Some of that. <laughs> um, anyway, this is, uh, Jeremy is reading through a list of names of. He looks so happy right now. I can tell you right now. You guys can't see the screen, but he's all just right, like okay. he's like kid at Christmas yeah. right now. He's like, oh look at all these through, names. I've gone through the list. Yep. So the next thing we want to get to um, is just something that happened on Saturday on our Real Sweater Facebook page which was one of our listeners posted a photo and it was meant in good humor of Abraham Lincoln in reference to drinking. And another person took, I guess you could say offense to it. Yeah. What was the quote? Like uh, four scores and seven beers yeah, ago. Let me just, um... Yeah. Four scores, seven beers ago. Yes. I'm pretty positive. Yeah. And then obviously, and we've talked about this on the show. You know, Lincoln Lincoln did not partake. He was not one to throw back a ton um, or very much at all. Um, how much did he, you know, how little did he drink um, is up for debate, I know. And that was kind of debated out within that chat there. Um, I guess I kind of just jumped in here because I don't have a Facebook account where I could have commented on it like you guys got to. But, like, I, I think this is drastically different than kind of what we were just talking about and everything here, you know. This was definitely done, and I think it was clear that it was humorous, mm -hmm. um, especially I don't know if the person who got offended listens to the show or not. Um, if they did, they should know that, you know, um, we, we do this from time to time. 
I think at the end of the day, we are not trying to play it off like it was real, like it was the truth, like he had a drinking problem. Yeah. Um, it was definitely tongue-in-cheek by the person who posted it. It wasn't like we were out there trying to spread this as the real information of who Lincoln really was. Um, I was talking to somebody. I watched Steve Jobs, that movie, the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and a great movie, by the way. But I did some research, and I really think there's a problem calling it Steve Jobs. Um because the way that like like none of those meetings took place. If you've seen the movie, it's kind of based on like um, him meeting a couple of people that he was very close to before each of these big release parties he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of those meetings really took place like that. Um, there's some disbelief on how he his personality was portrayed. Um, the one person who said that that was an accurate portrayal was actually on the payroll um, for the movie. So I felt like it was very loosely based on that. And I also felt this way about the Clint Eastwood movie uh, dealing with the the bombing of the uh, in Atlanta during the Olympics. Yeah. I can't remember the title. Those, I felt, were in the wrong because they clearly made it look like they were trying to portray what actually happened. Whereas I felt a better title would have been based off of you know this is a fictional work based off of something like this that is more appropriate mm-hmm. than actually trying to use this historical figure to sell your movie or a historical event to sell your product at the end of the day none of that was taking place anyways i kind of got off the tangent there so i apologize no, this okay. was all tongue-in-cheek um so like so like uh, well, i mean we're not going to take it down I, I thought it was out of line to demand it being taken down um, I mean, if we're going to do that and demand everything that we don't find funny, um, you know, we'd be taking a lot of stuff down. And, and I don't think, uh, you know, that's the idea behind our Facebook chat. So we're not trying to evaluate people's posts and deem them worthy or not. Um, obviously, if it was portrayed as like a real piece of literature or historical research, that was a complete, you know, crock. Um, and just fall of just lies. Obviously, we would definitely take something like that down. So sorry, I gave a very long-winded answer of my thoughts. So, no, yeah, no, really, no, that's yeah. perfectly fine. Like, and I, I completely agree with everything you that that you've said, Nick. Like, I mean, the thing on our podcast is like we are here to tell the story of Abraham Lincoln. We are the Abraham Lincoln podcast, as we said. But the one thing about Abraham Lincoln is that he had a sense of humor. And I think that if he saw something like that that had been posted, he would have laughed at it, you know. And that's the thing. Like, we're talking about a man that when he was president, he was going through the Civil War. He also suffered from depression, too. And his sense of humor was something that got him through not only his depression, but the Civil War as well. And I think just to – especially what we're going through right now with this pandemic, to get people to laugh – is what matters. Like Abraham Lincoln was not a man. Like, I mean, I'm sure in some ways he took himself seriously, but in other ways he didn't, you know, like, and he would have laughed at a post like that. Like, you know, I think I've bought beer just because it has Abraham Lincoln on it. Uh, I've been you know, there. and it, <laughs> yeah, it too. turns out to be pretty like fucking good beer, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like we're, we're in this, like we're trying to create a group that is welcoming that we want to have fun and just at the end of the day, 
just be in what the spirit of Lincoln was. And that is, you know, with malice toward none, but also, you know, to have that sense of humor, to have a place that is judgment free, where you can come and you can post something that's funny, and you know that you're going to brighten someone's day. And I think that's what this listener was trying to do with that post is just brighten someone's day. And that's like, I found it funny. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it really, I mean, that's the essence of this show very much that that's the, that's our style. So um, I, I don't know if the original requester or, you know, uh, is a listener or not, you know, of course everyone's welcome. I do think also, you know, it not only was it a, you know, it was funny because it was a pun and puns were like very much the in, in styles of style of humor in the mid 19th century. That was, that would have, that would have crushed. Um, so really, you know, um, you know, the first amendment is important. If something is hateful or spam, it's going to get taken down immediately. Anything else for the most part, you know, we can debate in the comments if it's, you know, something that could be debated. That's kind of fun. That's a fun thing to do, I guess, on social media. But if you're, you know, spamming it or whatever, we just don't want that. That's just not the place for it. Obviously, if you're hateful, that's going to go too. Um, this post was clearly neither one of those things. Yeah. And, you know, get back to the pot. It just got me thinking just, you know, some people have gotten mad at us for that. I think we've created a podcast to where we would want to listen to, hopefully. And the type of history podcast is I like to listen to is when there is some personality um, there with it, some fun and light humor and not just all you know, history all the time with dry, um, you know, stuff like that. I do feel bad a little bit personally that um, some of the, I think it's just the time that some of the politics have leaked in. Um, That's just, you know, I wish I could leave that at the door more, Uh, but I think that's just the year we're in. Uh, But outside of that, like if you're looking for concrete uh, history, dry stuff, printed, typed out, um, you know, narr- you know, typed out uh, podcast notes, re- uh, reading from the script. Uh, you probably already stopped listening to us yeah, exactly. <laughs> because we're yeah, not going to do that. Not that way at all. Yeah, but yeah, I think however, we put some decent insight into stuff and try to give like a layman's, you know, um, and woman's um, viewpoint on something. So, yep, yeah. and, and you know, we we do have a money back guarantee. So if you don't, yeah. If you're not into it, yeah. we'll give you a full refund yeah. for all of the money you <laughs> paid to listen to this podcast. At the same time, we're willing to take any money you just want to hand us. So we, we, we will take um, none. Yeah, we will return. take it on our like we have merchandise, and we will take it yeah. on our Teespring. Brilliant segue. Yeah, that is why she's hosting, ladies and gentlemen, because that is the segue to. Well, I don't even know why I'm talking right now. This is your segue. It's <laughs> our segue into like our – basically, we're going to – so we're going to sp- spend the next half of the show talking about Christmas. Um, so I think the first thing to do is just um, – we took to Twitter and Facebook and we asked um, our listeners what was on their Lincoln or um, Civil War Christmas list for the – for this year. Um, and obviously Christmas is going to be very, very different um, for all of us. And I just want to say like having, um, I just recorded um, part of another podcast. I just recorded, co- recorded it last night. Um, we talked about Christmas on there. We were talking about how like, you know, Christmas right now in 2020 is very similar to what the soldiers went through 
um, like not really the same thing, but just like not being able to celebrate, you know, how we usually do, right? Because in the Civil War, there's a war going on right now, there's a pandemic, and we have to kind of alter our lives to, to try and get back to normal. Um, but anyway, so we took to Twitter, and we asked, what did people want for Christmas? So um, Jim, who is a regular listener, so thank you, Jim, he said two things. I want to be able to travel again whenever I want to Gettysburg. And when he wants to also go to Springfield and the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum. And he said, both would be even cooler with our hosts and fellow <laughs> aficionados. So thank you, um, Jim Slattery, for that. Mm -hmm. Much appreciated, as always. Um, and then the other response we got on Twitter was um, from Eric um, Hyden. And he said, a new Lincoln biography I just came across by David Reynolds titled Abe. And he also wrote a biography of John Brown a while back. So a little bit of book enabling there for everybody. Um, but then we also took to Facebook as well. And I will just bring that up here because me, I'm so prepared. I made notes. Not really. Um, I did. You need me to fill time right here because yes. I can. Yeah, you can fill time. Uh, you know, speaking of Jim's post, going to Springfield, a great gift idea that I put number one on the list, being that we're the Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know, podcast, is a membership to the Abraham Lincoln uh, Museum and Library, especially right now where I don't even know if they're open, to be honest. I don't know if you Fair know, enough. boys. So um, they got nobody coming in. Um so I'm sure they need a little bit of financial help. Or if you um, rather give to a local museum as well, also another great gift. I know that might go out of the realms of Civil War. Um, but a lot of your local communities did have ties to the Civil War, and that stuff is being preserved in your local museums. Museums are hurting right now, as many businesses are. Um, so supporting them, getting them a membership for somebody who's interested in the family, great idea. I would yep, I, agree with that. Yeah, I put that on my list, and I'm—I predicted you both of you probably would too. But yeah, um, you know, yeah, get, buying the, like you know um, ahead of time in advance, you know, giving giving those institutions that money, mm -hmm. um, so it would be cool. Um, the the Lincoln Museum is selling memberships online. Um, most of you, if you're more than a hundred miles from Springfield, you can get a membership for eighty five dollars a year, um, and that gets you. Um, quite a lot of perks, but basically gets in the museum with with um, with others, and you get a subscription to their publication, um, and it's just a little bit discounted um, because you're not going to be able to use it as much if folks who live a little live a little closer. So, um, I've had one for shoot probably ten years or so, um, and it's uh, definitely worth it. So, I've also had have it for not quite as long as you at all, but uh, maybe three years now, and I agree. Real quick, while we're on the Lincoln Museum, um, just so I don't, a couple of cool Lincoln shirts. There's three. First of all, you got a young Ian. That's a kid. Uh, you got the Honest Abe superhero shirt, which they sell <laughs> yes. online. That's a great one. Um, if you haven't seen it, he's got like a cape on, drawn in like the cartoon comic book uh, style. Uh, the I Miss Abe shirt, which um, probably most of our listeners have seen. And a new one, I think this is new. But it's uh, it says those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. 
Um, and it's got like Abraham Lincoln written underneath it. It's pretty slick. I got my eyeball on that. So um, just kind of keep all the Lincoln Museum stuff together. Go ahead, Mayor. All right. So so mine, just while we're on this for supporting museums and battlefields and all that. So I would have to say, first of all, you know, American Battlefield Trust. Um, definitely support them. You know, you can could gift a membership to somebody during the holidays and all that. They've also got a lot of cool merch as well. Um, just to support them is great for preserving the battlefields, not just Gettysburg, but all of them. The other one I want to mention too is Franklin Battlefield Trust. Um, I think it's called Franklin Battlefield Trust. I hope I'm getting that right. Um, anyway, Franklin uh, Battlefield is not like Gettysburg, like it's not government funded or anything like that. So they have their own trust. So the anniversary was just last week. If um, you want to throw some money their way, they would certainly appreciate it. You know, even a gift for somebody, um, you know, putting into preservation of battlefields is the perfect way to, I think I, I would love that as a gift. If I got like something in the mail that said like, Hey, I bought you this and you're preserving part of a battlefield, I would be all over that. Like that's, that's really awesome. So, so those, those two foundations are definitely something to consider for as far as giving for Christmas. Um, to add to that real quick, yep. I have the dollar amount of the American battlefield trust membership starts at 35. There's a 50, and then, of course, it gets um, you got different levels there. With the card, you get the award-winning quarterly Hallowed Ground magazine, Battlefield Maps, and Invitation Special Events. Yeah. So perfect for the Civil War buff and your family. Exactly. Um, so there's just getting to what our, um, what our listeners had to say for what their gifts were. Um, Tom Wheeler commented that the best Christmas gift was what Sherman gave Lincoln. I beg mm. to present you as a Christmas gift, the city of Savannah with 150 heavy guns and plenty of ammunition and also about 25,000 bales of cotton. So that was his comment on Facebook. Um, and Randy commented, yes, definitely. Um, and then actually John had um, a good question here. Hey, he- I will say this. So coming up, instead of giving Savannah to the Republicans, let's give it to the Democrats this time around. Yeah, that's what right? we're going to do. We don't need to give it to anybody <laughs> because they've got more votes. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Senate runoff. I am not talking about presidential. Oh. <laughs> um, so then John But said, that's a great joke right there, though. There's something that was good. With that. that was good. <laughs> um, John said that Lincoln visited the hospitals and soldiers' home. Um, did he do that during the holidays? And Jeff stepped in and answered and said that he did, as well as Mary would have um, had fruit and flowers delivered to the soldiers at Christmas. So that's what Lincoln and um, Mary Lincoln did, was they actually did do things for the soldiers at Christmas time as well. Um, I just thought of another thing. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Hey, that Lincoln shirt that you have, boys, is that mm-hmm. the uh, the one where he's got like the tattoos and yeah, yeah. Is that through a veteran organization? It is. It's through Oscar Mike. Um, Oscar Mike is the military um, alphabet designation for um, OM, which means on the move, um, and it's a veterans organization um, that supports uh, wounded um, veterans. Uh, it's it's led by um, a guy who was. Wounded in, I believe, in Iraq, and he has to use a wheelchair now, so um, it's kind of benefiting um, that organization. So if you wanted to get that, there's a there's a great um, 
there's a, there's a bunch of they got an Uncle Sam where he's got a bunch of tattoos. There's one with Theodore Roosevelt uh, where he's carrying the big stick, so to speak. Um, there's a Washington, a Franklin, um, and I'm just making sure that they still sell their Lincoln one, although I'm not seeing it. Um, but yeah, I have a Abraham Lincoln one where he's got some he's got some pretty good tattoos. One of them says Willie, you know, and one of you know says 1862, and then he's got one for uh, Mary on there as well. So. It's it's kind of a fun T-shirt. I think we may have mentioned it in a uh, this week in Lincoln once or twice. That's, my phone case has hit like you guys can see it. Oh, got oh yeah, yeah. Oh nice, yeah, yeah. He's got tattoos. <laughs> That's like Lincoln would ever be like looking like that. He probably <laughs> yeah, would have had tattoos. Oh yeah, they do. It's called the the Abe T yeah. um, on OscarMike dot org. Um, so if you're into buying like Lincoln shirts, especially fun ones, this is a must have in my opinion. Mm-hmm. for you yeah and, and it does benefit so yeah there's oh i like that so where is that yeah. again jeremy oscarmike.org and Oscar you're gonna want to look for the aid okay. the aid t right. yeah he's got one that says freedom uh it says mary todd but you know maybe you got that before they were married state of <laughs> illinois a top hat yeah and then it says willie on his elbow it's pretty cool <laughs> So, and then, um, so just in response to what I posted on Facebook about what do you want, what's on your Lincoln or Civil War Christmas list, uh, Jeff said, the zealot and the emancipator about John Brown and Lincoln. And um, apparently that, that's, I think that's a new book that's out. Um, Megan said that she's got a pamphlet from 2003, Lincoln Log Cabin, and tree decorations as well. So that's what she's putting up for Christmas this year. So yeah, we got some good, we got some responses on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, as for me, the other things that I can think of for what I'm thinking of for Lincoln, like if you guys, if anybody, just because of the climate that we're in right now, if anybody is looking for some really unique face masks, um, I would recommend going on to Redbubble. Um, Jen Rowling, I can't think of what her her store is on there, but if you just search for General Sherman, guaranteed her artwork will come out come up for it. But any masks that I have ordered from Redbubble have been the most comfiest masks ever. Like whatever they're made of is very very comfortable, and I actually I get the kid sized ones because apparently I'm small. Um, but yeah, they they wash up really nicely as well. So yeah, Redbubble is a place to get anything Civil War or Lincoln related for face masks. So definitely great stocking stuffer. Pardon? Yep. Yep. Great stocking stuffer. Yes, exactly. Face face masks <laughs> are definitely going to be the stocking stuffer for this year. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what was on my list. Was like you know Redbubble face masks. As well, the other thing that's on my list is... Um, Coffee mug. Yes, more mugs, <laughs> which you can get from Redbubble or Zazzle. But actually, there's books too. And there's a new book about General Meade written by Kent Masterson Brown, which I would love. You paused and looked at us like we're supposed to purchase this for you. <laughs> or was or that yourself. meant for? Or was that meant for Jer A when he's listening to this? No, <laughs> he's editing it. Yeah. No. no, it's meant. I'm enabling right now. Yeah. Everybody, go buy that book because I already know it's good because he's an awesome author. Because he wrote. So, go ahead. No, you go. 
good. So I uh, put together some ideas as well um, for the holidays for Civil War slash Lincoln gifts. If you have a Lincoln enthusiast on your list, um, I went with a little bit of a different track because this year I know a lot of folks um, don't have the resources that they may have in other years. Um, obviously, the employment situation in the United States um, hasn't been great. So here are some free Lincoln or Civil War inspired gifts that you can give. I did a little bit of research and I didn't really know this until I read a couple articles online um, yesterday and today that Christmas wasn't really that widely celebrated, at least not in the same fashion before the Civil War. The exactly. Civil War played a really big role in, in, yeah, in shaping mm-hmm. the, a lot of the customs around uh, Christmas specifically and um, the importance of it, you know, it really wasn't a hugely important national holiday um, in the same way before the Civil War. So that's important to, to note. Um, and if you want to do a free thing for the holidays, as you could, schedule a Zoom or a Google Meet so that you can carol to your loved ones um, because you don't even probably have to learn any new songs because many of our holiday favorites date to or before the Civil War. Yes. And it would be very common to hear these songs sung in a Civil War camp, because back in those days, you know, it wouldn't have been weird to be like, hey, guys, you want to sing a little bit? And for a bunch of dudes or <laughs> dudes or whoever, a group of people to, to sing together, right? Absolutely. Because that, wouldn't, that would not have been nearly as awkward as it is now. If you're just hanging out in a social circle, and like, hey, you all feel like singing? Let's let's sing some songs. Dude, so we've done that songs. at many parties back in the day, boys. I don't know why you're making it sound like. <laughs> at least this not is in my something new. Circles. Look what I've stumbled upon. So the uh, the Christmas bells song was very important. The Christmas Christmas bells on was it uh, on Christmas morning or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big one. Jingle bells dates back to 1857. Um, it came upon a midnight clear. Was in, it was written in 1850. This was another very popular song amongst the ranks. Hark the herald angels sing, uh, deck the halls, and O come all ye faithful. Yep. So usually, or most of the songs that you're probably very familiar with that have more of a uh, religious bent to them. And I sorry, the title was I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Um, the, the ones that have a little bit more of a religious bent are um, probably date back to, you know, coming out of really folk type music in, in the United States. Um, so your free gift to, to your family, um, if they're on the nice list and you're talented or if they're on the naughty list and you're not talented, <laughs> would be to sing them a nice Christmas song from the Civil War era. Uh, cosplay is optional. The the other thing that I found out, too, was that Up on a Housetop was a Civil War Mm-hmm. Era song too, which like when I read yeah. that, like I was shocked. I, I was mean, like, I thought that I mean, would have been like 1940s. You know, when I read that was, I think came out. I think it was written 1960. I was like, or 1860. I was like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, you and, know, uh, that one you know, was like, shocking maybe, to me. Me too. Me too. Because Santa isn't really even a thing. Um, yeah, I well, think one of your clues may have been well, No, Santa comes about because of Na- of Thomas Nast, the mm-hmm. German, that the, he was the uh, editorial cartoonist. Mm-hmm. I mean, Santa had been a thing before that, but the popular image that we have of Santa now was because of Thomas Nast. Like, he kind of... Um, he also used it as propaganda in the Civil War as well. Like there was one cartoon that he released where Santa has like um, 
the stars and stripes on them and stuff. And it was meant to boost morale. And General Grant actually says that like Thomas Nast helped win the Civil War with his his editorial cartoons because he's got ones of where, you know, there's a wife praying on Christmas Eve by her window and her then like, you know, it's kind of like in a kind of an oval shaped and the next oval shape next to that is her husband in the Civil like, you know, he's like in, on the front in the Civil War kind of thing. Um, but he helped to kind of boost the morale and all that. But he's the one that gives this popular image of Santa. And yeah. yeah, and I think that that and, and that was 1863, but really like 1866 was when it really kind of yeah, started to it did. Big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there and, were... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. There was one letter that I read of one soldier that said like that he knew of these like they had these sundries boxes for them. And that they went to bed and they, they were like, I think we feel like kids before Santa comes, you know, like, so the Santa tradition was there in the civil war. Oh yeah. And, and I think that's the kind of the, the clue on the, the up on the rooftop because it's about St. Nick. So yeah. Santa becomes this amalgamation of St. Nick and Chris Kringle and father Christmas and, you know, and everything mm-hmm. else. And, and Thomas Nass with, with a big assist later on from Coca-Cola um, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Phenomenon of of you know he wasn't fat really until co- until he started drinking. <laughs> exactly. <coke. laughs> yeah. um, but he wasn't on the North Pole until Thomas Nast decided uh, he lived on the North yeah. Pole. And, um, so yeah, so it definitely evolved. And in, in, uh, yeah, I was surprised too, and because I, I, I always kind of pictured him as like a you know early twentieth century kind of phenomenon. Yeah. But it was yeah. Um, but to find out it's a Civil War yeah. thing was really, mm-hmm. um, and there there's this one really like weird civil war and it's a modern thing but it's where santa is like giving nathan bedford Forrest a sword it's the <laughs> i don't know if you guys have seen that before but it's the weirdest piece of propaganda i've ever seen like giving him the sword like into the gut no 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 like being like here's your present it's really fucking i'm pretty sure uh Forrest deserved coal so oh i am uh... too I if anybody ever did i am too it was a weird painting that i saw um but yeah like you know the stuff that thomas nast did was obviously like union for union morale and all that and it really helped them get them through the civil war but he did some beautiful editorials you know harper's weekly which was one of the more popular um i guess you could say magazines at the time he was um published in that so a lot of people got to see what he did and he wasn't american he was german so he's coming over here and doing like coming over to america and doing this stuff which is awesome you know yes very famously created the the elephant and the donkey that have are still still with us representing the two major parties yep exactly all right i got three additional things i haven't talked about yet one is you know one thing i've come across over the years is i think we always like to have a piece of like civil war memorabilia Mm -hmm. Uh, but a lot of times we think of like these rich collections or expensive ones like uh what's the guy's name we had on the collector oh Um, yeah the rob nathan rob yeah yeah if you got some money to spend i mean obviously you go that route uh for christmas um, for me, Mary, or uh, boys, that'd be great. Um, just, you know, <laughs> DM us. One, one, one signature, one Abraham yeah. Lincoln signature. That's all I'm asking for. 
But something that I've come across is, you know, a lot of these battlefields or training sites, you know, um, there, there's been uh, Civil War bullets or shrapnel from stuff um, that you can get relatively cheap and get a little piece. Um, you know, make sure you know who you're buying from. But that could be a kind of cool little gift um, to give somebody, especially maybe if they're younger, like a young adult or like high school, middle age, um, kind of, you know, bring the war home to them. Um, so that could be be cautious. So, so you know. Uh, you're getting something authentic there. I saw something cool. I was just like Google searching a bunch of ideas. I came across this Gatling gun replica pencil sharpener. Looked pretty cool. It was only six dollars. Uh, Amazon <laughs> Prime. So you can throw that in a stocking, right? Um, the good one that I found. Now this is for you drinkers here. Uh, this comes from the Tenth Ward Distillery, and it's the Britain uh, Brinton's brandy, named after John Brinton. Is it Brinton or Brinton? Um, is there an Ed in there? That will tell you all you need to know. There's no Ed. All right. It's Brinton. There's an Ed. Brinton. There's an N. Okay, Brinton. Uh, and if you don't know who he was, he was a 37-year-old surgeon in 1862, and he will eventually get appointed as the first curator of the Army Medical Museum in Washington. Um, so he'll be at many different battles and basically what he's trying to do his job, according to the quote here, when I was doing research was to collect and arrange in a military medical museum, all specimens of morbid, uh, anatomy, uh, God, I can't speak today. Anatomy, which may have accumulated during the commencement of the rebellion in the various United States hospitals. So this guy like went out there, collected this stuff. Um, and to help get the stuff back, he would bribe um, fellow soldiers on both sides with booze, basically, um, with brandy to get it back um, so they could create this collection. So they actually use, based on uh, the distillery website, an original ap- apple brandy dunked in local tart cherries, which would have been a Civil War recipe for brandy back in the day. So I came across it. It's the bad. Here's the bad news. All right. I didn't tell you this. You're going to have to do an IOU for the gift because it's all sold out. But a new batch is dropping February oh, 2021. February 2021. Go check it out. It was kind of something cool that I came across. Um, kind of a cool story that I was not aware of. Um, so, yeah. A little Civil War history right there. Drink that away. All right, I, I got one more. Um, yep. So what you're going to need for this gift, you're going to need um, a, bla- a piece of black construction paper, a slightly smaller piece of white paper, and a paper plate. So what you do is you glue the white paper on top of the black paper, and you write some nice things, quotes from Abraham Lincoln, some things about Abraham Lincoln, and then you fold fold it so that each kind of so that they meet in the middle, the two flaps meet in the middle, so you, now you have a rectangle that's black. And then you glue that on your paper plate and you draw a face on the paper plate and color the edge black so you have a nice beard. And then it's going to look like Abraham Lincoln with a top (laughs) hat. The top hat folds open to have some pretty cool Lincoln quotes on it. So that's a little DIY Lincoln gift for you. you got some kids who are into crafting, um, there you go. You can make an Abraham Lincoln paper plate that also tells a story. I'm glad my brother does not listen to the show because <laughs> I know what I'm getting him now. <laughs> God. 
And if you need that uh, repeated or uh, spelled out for you, just hit up Pinterest. There's all kinds of crap on there like that. Curtis, you got a good present coming your way, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would recommend uh, a glue stick that does the trick for that stuff. It's much better than the glue bottle. And it tastes better in my, <laughs> in my experience. God, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mary. <laughs> The paste is pretty good itself. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so um, are we ready to move on to our ending segments? I think we are. Okay. So of the people by the people, who would like to go first? Oh, I'll give you the honors, Mary. <laughs> uh, nope. I'm going to pass it off to somebody else <laughs> as we're all searching. What are you talking about? I got one right here. Yeah, go. It's right in my back pocket. Uh, yeah, right. Oh, okay. Steven on the Facebook page. Uh, dude, he has quite the collection of Lincoln Bust. Uh, we're oh, looking yeah. at it. Yeah, he does. Oh, my God. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six Lincoln Busts there. By the way, is the Lincoln Museum um online gift store you could buy yourself a lincoln bust as well if you uh want that so yeah he's got six and they're all different uh different sizes looks different ages different time periods there so um steve a solid collection of lincoln bust all right do you keep them all at your desk like that grouped together so you always have lincoln's looking at you that's what that's what that's what i want to know do you spread them out around the house do you spread out the lincoln bust love or do you keep it all right there I don't know, but I was uh, I was a hundred percent jealous when I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. How many you got? Just the one. I have one in my office and one in at the house, so it's on the it's on the piano right now, and it has a Santa hat on it. Oh, nice! Nice. You got the Nutcracker out. I do. I got the Abraham Lincoln Nutcracker, the Gettysburg Address. It's holding the Gettysburg Address. Is that seasonal for you or uh, all year? The uh, the Nutcracker is seasonal. All right. Who's next? Okay. I can go next. Of the people I by the people was that um one of our listeners um on Twitter at Dodd Grill D O D D G R I L E. He said there's actually quite a bit of folklore folklore and history related to Lincoln, his family, and Christmas. There are a number of antidotes relating to Lincoln and Tad, much of what have become Christmas traditions during the Civil War. So I thought that was really interesting and neat that he brought that up as well. And he posted a picture, too, of Abraham Lincoln during Christmas time as well, which, looking at the illustration, I'm thinking it was probably one done by, by Nast but I'm not 100% sure. It looks like something that would have been done in Harper's Weekly. But um, I think as we learned, or as we said during this podcast, like Lincoln did visit the soldiers around Christmas time around Washington, D.C., and Mary Lincoln, she also had um, like fruit delivered to them as well so that they would have have something to eat on that day as well like just different from what they normally had to eat so i thought that was pretty cool that he responded with that yeah and i apologize i didn't do my homework so um, i don't have one although um i did see quite a lot of um you know that there's there's the legislation that's been passed and the, the president has has said he will not sign anything that has 
a removal of Confederate names on military bases. Um, so there's been a lot of really astute um, commentary on how absurd it is to, to, to tank that entire legislation over that issue that's going to be resolved when Biden takes office anyway. Um, so I, I enjoyed everybody who kind of um, spoke up about that. And I'll preemptively thank everyone for any sort of holiday posts involving Civil War Lincoln stuff. Um, so, yeah, thanks for that. So we are on to our last segment, which is This Week in Lincoln. Don't worry. I got us. Okay, Nick has us. Thank God. <laughs> Actually, shout out to Chris Burns because he really has us. Because he shared Chris Burns, the great Chris Burns, who you can hear third, his voice. Third degree Burns. Yeah, you could hear his voice in one of our episodes from way back when. Um, when we had guests on, we, the one time we had guests on, we should do that again, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, he posted in the Facebook chat so you can find all this. Uh, Drunk History, which is no longer in production. I was going to mention that one. <laughs> um, but over the years, there have been many Abraham Lincolns on Drunk History, and it's got a nice little clip in there um, of the different Lincolns that have shown up on it. Hilarious show. Um, you know, I've not seen all these episodes, but the ones that I've watched over time have been quite funny. Um, so check it out. Um, we kind of started with, uh, you know, Lincoln and drinking, and we're finishing with Lincoln and drinking, I guess, today. Went full circle. We are. I think we are. Yes. No. So that was awesome. Our usual holiday extravaganza that we do. What is this, number four? Oh man, probably. We had number yeah. four, number three. Shit. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those two numbers. Yeah, yeah it's probably number four. I bet. I, I bet it's number four. Oh my god. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Look at us. And hey, you want to give us something? Give us a five star review. Let's get to that <laughs> yes. magical, that magical one hundred number, and let's get our rating back up to four point five. That's just funner to say. <laughs> what are we at now? Are we at four? We're at four. We got a couple bad ones. So it happens. You know what? Haters gonna hate, and yep. that's fine because I drank my hater aid and <laughs> drop us and five star reviews. We'll read them on air. Get we us will. to a hundred. We'll, we'll read any reviews on air. Yeah, we read the bad ones, too. You've heard it. I have so. where I don't pronounce Henry Heath's name <laughs> properly. Unlike me, who pronounces everything right. Um, <laughs> Good so. to know. Good to know. Good to know. Um, like I said, keep up calling out Mary and Boyce on those reviews and leave my <laughs> name out of it. <laughs> um, anyway, so I think that we are about to wrap up for this evening. So this will be our last episode of 2020. Oh shit. Yeah. Thank God. Well, thank God that <laughs> there's no more 2020. I'll I know say that. Yeah, exactly. Get, get me the hell out of this year. So any parting thoughts, you too. No, thanks for the great year. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, I know it's been a tough time for a lot of people. We kind of, or I apologize for, you know, we've gone by weekly a little bit, but um, hopefully this brought you some relief from the chaos that has been 2020. Um, the good news is 2021. Uh, I think it will be calmer. Um, so we'll dive a little bit more deeper into history than what we've done, especially the second half here. So thank you to all the fellow rail split nation. Yeah, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy holidays and enjoy some time safely with your families. Um, and, you know, I'm 
appreciate everybody listening and hopefully we'll bring some more great content to you in 2021. Um, maybe I'll see some of you on the streets of Springfield this weekend. I'm going to head down for a couple of days. Um, and other than that, uh, have a great holiday and thank you for uh, helping us through 2020. And I hope that we yeah. did a little bit to help you as well. Yes. Thank you. Real split nation for being awesome, for being so supportive, all your posts on Facebook and Twitter as well. And hopefully 2021 will be a year that we can kind of maybe all get together at some point, you know, it's just been, it's been weird. That's for sure. Um, different, but anyway, everybody have a very Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. We will definitely see y'all in 2021. And until then, keep walking the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we'll see y'all soon.